Cause it's Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? It is It's Jason Wright, and this is indeed the best Friday ever if you choose to make it such. And I hope you're coming off the best week ever. I really do. It has been, uh, man, it's right today here in the T Town. It has it has rained and rained and rained, and that's not going to stop me from having a, just a a stellar Friday because I'm here with you. And I thought today we'd talk about a couple things. One, so if you are fortunate enough. And I am fortunate enough to make it as a centenarian for those of you from Sulphur Springs, my hometown. That means that you make it to be 100. Um, how how do you want things to be at that stage of life? I was, you know, a lot of times I go through um, I go through the YouTubes and I find these videos of just random things. I do these thought experiments and, and I'm curious. And one of the things I'm most curious about is what do people that actually get the get to the ripe old age of 100, what do they have to say? What are their regrets? What are the things that they're happy about? And I came across this one video that I thought was really profound. And I'm going to share in a minute a little bit of that message um, uh, from, from this one lady that really goes to show that it's not the stuff. I've really, the older I get, the more I realize it's not about the stuff. It's not about material items. Now, look, I like nice things. Jemlin and I talk about that a lot. We like nice stuff, okay? And, you know, there is, I guess, was it Marie Kondo that has the whole spark joy thing that basically says if you have a thing that is a material item that brings you joy, then you should hang on to that. But if it doesn't, then you should get rid of it. And I think the older we get, the more we start to value, at least if we do it right, I, and I do, I do, I say you're doing it right if you start to truly value memories, experiences, and relationships. And in fact, the the episode of the Jason Wright Show this week with my buddy James Quandall, we brought this point up. So right now, James and his wife Emily are in Norway. They are in the Scandinavian countries for the next 21 days, still working because he has created a, a, a life blueprint that allows him to be able to still work. Not one, he gets to work with Emily. Emily is now working with James on his uh, projects uh, of various sorts. He's a great entrepreneur. and uh, But not only that, they get to work remotely. I mean, and they are very remotely. He's in like some Airbnb on a lake um, in Norway. And that's pretty freaking cool. And so I had him on the show. And, and, and for those of you who have never heard one of my conversations with James Quandall, they are a mix of just brainstorming, catching up, uh, but they're never short on content and depth. James is one of those kindred spirits that you put the two of us together and just listen in, and you're going to listen to two dreamers and doers. I mean, we don't just sit around and talk about things. We actually do them. And we, and the, and the, the thing that I told James a, a long time ago after our first conversation was that 
I wanted our conversations to continue because I believe uh, you know, the Bible says, um, as iron sharpens iron, so doth one man another. You know, we, we get better uh, by being in the company of like-minded people and, and just having them challenge us and, and, and giving them the support they need and then receiving that support. And that is definitely what James and I get from one another. And if you have not heard that episode, I highly encourage you to do that. And one of the things that came up during my conversation with James was this whole idea of experiences and creating a life that was more centered around um, experiences and memories and relationships. And, you know, that's one of the things that I, I thank God every single day, that I have a spouse that, while Mrs. Wright is the most fashionable and haute couture, loving um, girl there is out there, she doesn't have to have that stuff. We we find our joy and our real happiness in just our little rituals and good cups of coffee and good movies and, you know, just hanging out with Rylan and Abby. The, The experiences are what we're all about. And you know, I think that at the end of the day, that's what's going to matter most. And here's one of the things that I want all of you to take away from this episode. It occurred to me a while back. I, I created this analogy for someone I was talking to. I said, you know, there really is no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. There just isn't. It doesn't exist. And the only gold that you have is that gold that you pick up along the way. And that gold looks like experiences. Those, the, those vacations that they were a stretch, but you made time for it and you went and, and, you, and you did it. Um, that, and I, I, I would hate to end up, because I'm going to live to be, unless I get hit by a bus or lightning or something like that, I plan to be here at least 100 years. I just don't see how that won't happen. Um, and I don't want to be on that proverbial deathbed, whatever that looks like, and have a pot sitting beside it that's empty. Because I don't care how good of shape you're in. I don't care how, how many episodes of Peter Atia's Drive podcast you've listened to and how many times you've read David Sinclair or any of these other uh, just geniuses that, have, that are really honing in on longevity. There's going to get a point where our body, you know, the, the, there's only so much tread left on these tires. Okay, There's only so many laps around the racetrack before... You have to go into the pit and just chill and watch the race and do as much as you can to cheer others on. Whatever the whatever the analogy is there, fill in the blank. We're going to all reach a point where there's certain things that you can do right now, today, that you will not physically be able to do at one point in your life. And to me, the tragedy would, would be to reach that point and look at an empty pot or just a, a pot that's just got little shekels in it that could have been filled with so much gold, you know, time with our children. You know, I'm writing a short story right now about this, this dad that is building a clock and he wants to build a clock that will stop time. And the reason why is because he's just given, or his wife's just given birth to a new son. And so he's an inventor and he, he's a clock maker, obviously. And, and he thinks that if he can just create this clock that will stop time, then he will have all the time in the world that he wants with his son, and he'll be able to continue his work and being successful and having all the things and the, and the prominence that he wants to have in life. 
And so he devotes himself to building this clock, this amazing clock, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The only problem is the whole time this father is focused on building this magnificent clock that will stop time, which both you know and I know can never be done, his son continues to grow and grow and grow until one day the father, still working on the clock, has missed all this time with his son. How many times do we do that? Especially, I speak as a father. How many times do we as fathers, we focus on the job, the career, and we say, if I just get this one promotion, if I just get this one, if I just get this one, then I'll be set. The 401k will be, I will hit my number. Everybody has a number. Whatever that number is, once I hit that, then boom, I'm backing off. And we will have time for the family. I'll take one more, one extra week of, of vacation. You know, I'm going to go into my boss and say, you know what? Friday's off from now on. Whatever the case may be. Essentially, all of us, we, can, we have the potential to fall into this trap of building that clock that's never going to be built. Because let me tell you something. While we are focused on building that clock to stop time, whatever that looks like, to have enough money, to have the big enough house, to whatever. While we're focused on that, life is still speeding along. Life is a train that does not stop. There are no brakes. It just churns and churns and churns. It does not care. And whenever we go to sleep, whenever we get up, whenever we turn and we're not looking, it is still moving down the track. So you better figure out a way while life is going, while that, that, while that, that, that train of life is moving down the track, you better figure out how to fit it in to the things that matter most. Be able to put on that train the things that matter most to you. And then the biggest thing, the biggest, biggest, biggest thing that all of us can get our mind around is are, are those things to dismiss and say no to. Don't, don't get caught up in the trappings of what the world, what society, what neighbors what people who expect things of you, this image that others have of you that you, you're, you've been living up to, don't let that cause you to end up one day striving for all this gold only to end up with an empty pot lying beside your bed. That, that, that message rang true to me whenever I found the video that I'm about to show you that I think just speaks, uh, speaks volumes from this woman that is, she's I think 103 and she's in the UK, and I, this was a rather old video. I had seen it uh, a couple of years ago, and so most likely she has since passed. But I thought her attitude and, what, and, and the message in this is just so beautiful and so brilliant. And I wanted to bring you just, uh, you know, that's the message today. That's what I tried to use the Best Friday ever for is just a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of something to make you stop and think. Because uh, And God knows I need to do it too. That's you know the best way for me to learn. That's what this whole idea of the Jason Wright Show and the motto of improve always and always. This is but one small element of my attempt to improve because I firmly believe if I can be the best version of myself, that that will hopefully spill over into my fellow man. I want to be the best me so that if you ever meet me, you have met the absolute best version of Jason Wright that can possibly exist. And you can look at it and you go, Jason, I want some of that. What did you do? And I can not in a haughty way, not in some, I've got it all figured out way, but I can go, hey, brother, 
hey, sister, here's what I did, and here's what I figured out. And I'm still trying to figure a lot of other things out, but this is what I got my mind around. And one of those things that I am starting to really get a hold on is this idea that life is about simple pleasures and experiences. Those are the things that will sustain us. When we reach that, that point in life where you can't do the, I can't go down to my garage and do my pull-ups and my crazy workouts anymore. I'm just sitting there with my memories and Jim Lynn sitting beside me and we're recounting all these incredible experiences and things we did as we're watching children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren and great-great-great. I want to have three greats. I want to live long enough to have three greats. And I want to be, I want to have my, my faculties about me to be able to go, hey, great-great-great-grandson, let me tell you about this amazing time that your great-great-grandmother and I had. That's what I'm shooting for. I once wrote an article, I may put it in the show notes, um, called Making Regret Your Enemy. I encourage all of you, Instead of worrying so much, now, this is, this is, now, 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 now hear me, I'm not telling you to not take chances. Absolutely not. Heck, the, the show I just did a couple weeks ago was about what if. Take some bold steps. Think big. Don't be constrained to the, the, the limits of your mind. Burst out of that and think bigger, okay? Be willing to ask what if. So don't, don't, get me, don't, don't misunderstand me here. When I say make regret your enemy, I hope that each and every one of you will stop at some point every day and go, what am I saying no to that I should say yes? And what am I saying yes to that's causing me to say no to all these other amazing experiences and balance it out and figure out which ones as you go 20 years into the future, you look back and you go, God, I wish I would have done that. Here's a, here's a great example. I was talking to somebody this past week about some of my fraternity brothers in college. Um, I'll never forget one day or one evening, I guess it must have been like a Saturday, they show up to a party and they're, they're wearing Mardi Gras beads. They're, they're just, they look terrible and disheveled. And I'm like, what in the world? Where, where have y'all been? So we just got back from Mardi Gras. Now we went to, I went to undergrad at Stephen F. Austin State University in Nacogdoches, Texas, which I guess is about an hour and a half, two hours from uh, Shreveport. And gosh, I mean, no, I think they went to New Orleans. They didn't go to Shreveport. They went to New Orleans. I mean, so however long that is, it's a, it's a haul. And they just decided on a whim on, I guess it was Friday or Thursday night, whatever the case may be, to go to Mardi Gras. And so they loaded up, drove went to Mardi Gras, partied for a while, and then turned around and came right back, and they were just getting back. And the getting there, the coming back, the partying at Mardi Gras was one of the greatest experiences that those guys have to talk about. I, on the other hand, Mr., you know, at the time, 20 going on 60, would never have said yes to that. And I'm not saying that the most responsible thing to do during college is to just go in the middle of the night to Mardi Gras. That's not the point here. But what I've learned as I've got, gotten older is that a lot of my obsession with being uber responsible and making sure I make all the right decisions has probably caused me to say no to some things that, would, that I would have been able to say yes, if I'd said yes to 
that could have been absolutely remarkable. You know, there's a, um, let me see, there's a book. I want to see if I have it here. It's, um, darn it, it's by a guy named, by the last name of Perkins that James Quandall told me about and during our conversation that you, if you just listen to the conversation, you'll hear it. His last name is Perkins. And he talks about time dividends. And he, he comes up with this idea that if you wait till you're 60, 70, like everybody, here's how he started it out. He came up with this actuarial that basically shows that most of us, after the age of 50, our expenses go down, but our net worth goes up. Now, you and I have been trained, and it's a good responsible idea, right, to, to, to be trained to save so that we will have a comfortable retirement. But let's think about this for a minute. He, he discovered that on average, most people, they are spending less after 50 and their assets are growing. So shouldn't it, if we've done it right, shouldn't we have saved up this, you know, this, uh, I guess, this pot of money, right? And then draw that down so the older we get, the less our assets become because we're living, we're enjoying it, right? Well, that's not the case. That's not what most people are doing. And so the point is this. If we wait till we're 70 to take that trip with our wife, to take our spouse on that amazing trip we've always thought about, if we wait till we're you know 65 and we retire and we're eligible for Medicare and our, and our, our pension kicks in, whatever the case may be, to grab up the kids and the grandkids and take that trip to Disney World, if we wait till then, then the memories of that trip from 65 till the average age in America right now, I think is somewhere around pushing 80, but still, from 65 to 80, let's just say that's the number, that's, that gives you 15 years of experience, dividends. It gives you 15 years to draw on those memories and that experience, and that's it. Whereas if you are 45 or hell, if you're 35 and you figure out some amazing, amazing experience that you can do, then you have, if you say you're 30, and you're going to live another 50 years. That's 50 years of dividends, of that, those memories, of that experience. Am I, is this making sense? Because it really hit me. To me, it just it resonated with me. It's like, oh, my gosh, what do I need to be doing now and not going and buying goofy stuff that's going to prevent me? Because here's the deal. I guarantee you, if I buy a watch, which I love really nice watches, and I, I gave them up a while back, but i got to be honest, I've kind of gotten the itch again at the worst possible time because the luxury watch market is going through the freaking roof. Dang it. And, but if I were to go buy that Rolex Submariner that I, that I sold two years ago and, and went and bought it today now that it's doubled in price, well, that would be it. It's not like whenever I'm 60, I get to look, yeah, I've got the watch, but it's like, oh, wow. That's it. It's just a thing to hold in my hand and tell me what time it is, and it looked good, but it would be hanging on an 80-year-old wrist. Whereas if instead I take that and I put it into an experience with Jimlin, with Rylan, with Abby, now that's something we can all gather around and talk about, and we all enjoy, and it's generational. They, they tell their children about this experience. They tell, they tell their friends, and it, it lasts for them forever. Is this making sense? It's about experiences. So that said, here is what 
one 103-year-old had to say about her life as she reached this amazing milestone. I have so many fond memories. Sometimes sit down in my chair and I think back and I try to sort of reorganize this story about these people that I have got in my mind and mix them up together first and then pair them all. <laughs> and I think there are quite a few people out there that would be very, very happy to be together because they are such lovely people that they are. Emilia Teresa Harper. Teresa. It's Teresa because it's a Czechoslovakian. 103, my goodness me. A three is my lucky number. I have always been lucky. I've never been unlucky, touch wood. Oh, that's, there's wood underneath there. I was in Czechoslovakia when I, when I was a young girl and I was living with my grandparents because my father was a prisoner of war. We came over to England to be with our father when he was released from the war. Everything makes me happy. I love talking to people. I like doing things. I like going out shopping. Once I go out shopping, I don't want to come back. <laughs> I don't think there is anything that I really need to do because I've done practically everything that I ever wanted to do in the past. I've got beautiful memories, you know. I can live happily forever after because of my lovely memories. And that's it. I can live happily ever after because of my wonderful memories. I hope that you try to make incredible, happy memories. Focus on experiences. Get those dividends. Make them pay off longer. And until we meet again, I hope you endeavor to improve your experiences, your life, your happiness, and your joy, always and always. Till I see you again, I'm Jason, and I'm out. <laughs>